Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Brittany Sharman. Before we get to Brittany, I do have announcements to make. First and foremost, our website, TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there. You can see photos of our guests. You can see stories that I've written, stories that some of the guests have written. You can see links to their social media. You can see links to our social media, and that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page, which is Travel Tales Podcast. There's links to Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe for free. And I ask, as always, please give us a good rating on all those platforms. We're also on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a good rating. That helps more people find the show because it boosts our presence there. And that's cool of you to do. And it costs you nothing. So I appreciate it. So please do that if you can. If you want to write me, TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, Brittany was someone I uh, played email tag with for (laughs) what seemed like a month or two because she's all around the world and now currently in Australia when we did this interview. I will warn you about this episode. It is a FaceTime interview, and I think I've done one or two uh, through FaceTime, which seemed to work fine. Um, But again, you can notice the difference in mics because I was using the one I'm talking into right now, which is a professional microphone. And Brittany was using her uh, phone, phone, her headset, her iPhone headset. So it's never going to sound the same, and the levels will never be the same. But there you go. I do always prefer to do interviews in person. But hey, especially with a travel podcast, we're going to talk to people who are traveling. It is what it is. Anyway, Brittany and her boyfriend, Jay, for the last few years, uh, have traveled around the world house-sitting for people. Now, we've done shows on house-swapping, but house-sitting is a great way to live all around the world for free. And more often than not, as Brittany will talk about, they have to take care of pets, which is why people have house-sitters in the first place, because they uh, have dogs and cats usually, and they don't want to be left alone or put them in a kennel or what have you. You don't make money doing it, but you do get to stay in some really cool places. So for people out there looking for a low-cost way to live around the world, you're going to want to listen to this episode, and you're going to want to check out their website, thetravelinghousesitters.com, and be sure to put in the, thetravelinghousesitters.com, and spell traveling with two L's. I made that mistake. I spelled it with one but theirs is two L's, thetravelinghousesitters.com, and you can follow them on Instagram as well, The Traveling House Sitters. So from thetravelinghousesitters.com, please welcome Brittany Sharman. That's why I tell you, you better be home soon. So I want to say you and your... Boyfriend? Boyfriend, yeah. Boyfriend, okay. You yes. basically house-sit around the world. I'm in Australia at the moment, but Jay's over in Granada in the Caribbean. So he's been looking after a catamaran since November. It's him and a cat. And I just actually spoke to him about five minutes ago. He's having a bit of trouble with his internet because it's carnival there at the moment. He said about 10,000 people came onto the island. So it's a big party <laughs> for the next few days. 
<laughs> so we had the old uh, 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 back and forth for about 10 minutes and then we decided to uh, reschedule. <laughs> How come uh, you are not joining him in uh, Granada and you're ba- all the way back in Australia? Yes. Well, we spent all of last year house-sitting um, in Europe. So we bought a camper van in the UK and we drove from there to France and we housed that for a month. And then we did another month down in Provence, a month in Rome, uh, Croatia, and then a month in Montenegro and two months in Greece. So we spent a lot of time on the road and in the camper van. And I'd already promised mum and dad I'd come home for Christmas. And, and then we got the offer in October and Jay was really keen. And I said, I'm ready to head home for a little bit. So he went over there and I'll meet him in, I'm going to head over to, we're going to meet up in Mexico in April. So we've got a house seat lined up there. Oh, where in Mexico? Meridia. Meridia? Hmm, I'm not sure where that is. Cancun and then just north of Cancun. Merida, little um, a small little city, and then but we're about twenty minutes out on the beach. Sounds lovely. Yeah, so looking forward to it. So tell me when you started house sitting around the world, and what made you do it? What inspired you? Uh, where we really got started, we were living in London for a couple of years, and we had a friend who was house sitting, and she asked us one day, "Do you want to come out and walk the dog?" and We'd been traveling for so long. We were both kind of like, yes, like we haven't done that in so long. And London has so many nice parks to explore. So then we thought we should kind of get started doing that because he loved it so much, like what she was doing. So we did a few house sits in London to kind of build some references. And then we were moving to uh, our visas ran out. So we're moving to Dublin and we kind of were looking at the rental properties there and we couldn't, it was pretty almost double the price of London. So we thought maybe we'll check out um, if there's any house-sitting gigs. And then we managed to lock in one that was almost two months. And that one was in a really nice neighborhood. We had Bono around the corner from us. And, and <laughs> there. Yeah, lovely spot. And then we managed to lock in another month. And then we kind of thought, wow, we could keep doing this for a while. And then we were heading back to Australia. So we did a, a year of house-sitting in Australia. And then since then, we did all of Europe last year and we've got Mexico coming up. So we're just kind of exploring the world, doing it at the moment. Oh, that's great. So what year was that that you started? I think that was 2006. Sorry, sorry, 16. Okay. So you've been doing this for a few years. Yeah. Okay. Now, was there one website that is specifically for this? Like you can just pick up house sitting gigs? Yeah, we mainly use this one called Trusted House Sitters, and that's kind of worldwide that we've found is really good. But then when you go to certain countries, there are more specific websites that you can use. So in Australia, we have um, there's one called Aussie House Sitters, and then there's a couple more. And then in the UK, there's um, I think it's called Mind a Home UK, and just yeah, more country specific ones that you can find. So what is the average length of stay? in a, a person's house is it uh, a month or a couple weeks it can be anything like i see ones for a night which we try and find ones more over two to three weeks because it's hard work moving all the time but the one in mexico that one's for four months wow so yeah so a lot of um, americans have homes down there and i think they like to head back for the summer though it's a bit warm down there for them <laughs> but i think coming from australia we're used to the uh the hot weather. So yeah. hopefully, I have heard it's quite humid, which makes me a bit nervous. I don't mind the heat, but we're looking forward to that one. Where in Australia are you? Um, I'm from Melbourne. 
Oh, okay. So have you been affected by the fires all the way down there as well? No, not at, we haven't had any um, issues here. My parents have a house um, up in the mountains, which um, they got evacuated in um, start of January. But we didn't. There's nothing. No fires came through there. It was mainly more up in New South Wales where the problems were. But um, it's all. I think we've had a lot of rain lately, like a lot. Of, like, I'm, like I haven't really seen this much rain before in summer. So I'm thinking that it's all kind of sorted out itself out now. Now it's very muddy. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that was scary stuff over there. It was, but it was. It didn't really affect affect us that much. We just got a lot of. Uh, well, Sydney had a lot of trouble. I heard that um, there was so much smoke in the city that fire building fire alarms were just constantly going off, and they couldn't stop them. And we were getting a little bit of smoke down here in Melbourne, but I think Sydney were really struggling. Like a lot of people, um, like trade. Trade workers weren't working just because the air quality was so bad. Okay. Well, let's get back to the house sitting. I'm assuming that most people who want house sitters do so because they have pets like dogs or something. Is that the case more often? I've, I'm actually in my very first animalist uh, house sit at the moment. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a strange uh, concept. I've got some fish to look after in a garden, but it mainly is animals. Sometimes it could be if someone has a pool or a garden and those kind of things, they don't want them just left to uh, – it needs, needs upkeep. But mainly these animals. What are the most animals you've ever taken care of at one place? Is it like four dogs and three cats and a horse? We, we, <laughs> no, we haven't had any farm animals. But we did do seven cats in, uh, in the north of Italy. And oh. it was a, a huge home. And we didn't actually – some of them, we wouldn't actually see them. They would kind of sneak downstairs, have their food and head back upstairs. So they weren't too much work. Um, the most dogs we've had – I think the most we've had three. But we did have a German Shepherd and a Weimarana and they were a bit of a handful. So they felt like more than two. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we, have a, we, we had a puppy um, uh, border collie and that she was a bit of a handful too. <laughs> yeah. So what is the screening process? I mean, if these are strangers and they don't know you, is is the the websites interview you or how does that work? Uh, on the platform, you can – well, on Trusted House Sitters, you upload your, um, your police checks and they do an external um, verification. So I think each platform has a kind of a different process. But a lot of the times, I well, I always provide our police checks and then we always have an interview with the homeowners to kind of just have a chat and see what they're kind of wanting from us and how they feel about us coming to their home. But I think, yeah, a lot of them do to a screening process. Is there uh, any kind of pay involved or is it just you get a free place to stay? Yeah, it's just a free place to stay. So it's kind of a, a bit of an exchange. A lot of people don't want to put their animals into a kennel and plus it can cost a lot to do that and they don't want to have that garden to come every couple of days and they just like knowing the house is safe and someone's there lights are going off and on the bins are going out <laughs> i think in the in, in the uk um they have a lot of troubles in winter where pipes freeze if they're not being used so i think that kind of helps them those kind of people out what is your ideal house to sit in is somewhere uh, by near a beach or in a city or Somewhere out in the country, what do you prefer? Ooh, I do prefer being in the city. And where I was, my last house sit was, um, if any Australian listeners, listeners are out there, was in Williamstown. So you're about 
a 10 minute ride from the city on the train, but you've got a beach there. And I had a cat and he was so lovely. He would come snug with me in the evenings. But other than that, he didn't use a litter box. So I didn't have to clean that up. Oh. The time. He came and asked me for food once a day. He was a bit of a dream. So that's <laughs> probably my ideal one. That or a dog. Okay. Dogs are- have any dogs been a real problem? They just didn't take to you and they just don't like you? We did. He didn't take not take to us, but we had a, a Newfoundland. I don't know if you know those ones. They're the they're big giant. Yeah, very very big. And he really liked me. He wasn't too sure about Jay. I find that a lot of homeowners do say that um, their animals aren't sure about men if they haven't been around them as much. But um, he was a bit <laughs> unsure about Jay, and it took him about three or four days to really warm to him. But then after that, he'd be trying to sit him on, sit on, on the couch and he'd try to jump on the bed. And this, this dog weighed more than he, he did. <laughs> yeah. But he was a bit of a special case. He, um, he was so big and furry that he had to, we had to run the air con. The homeowners wanted the air con ran for him 24 hours a day. He ate um, half a kilo of mince for breakfast and dinner <laughs> with uh, four little rice cakes uh broken up and sprinkled on top, and then a little bit of rosemary. <laughs> wow. This dog's living well. Where was this? Uh, that was in New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Wow. Yeah. So, so Jay's from New Zealand, so we were over there, and we uh, did a few house sits while we were visiting his family. <laughs> well, if you've been doing this a few years, and they, I mean, it sounds great for travel-wise, but like you said, it doesn't, there's no pay involved. So do you have some businesses that you do online, or is there something you, some way to make money while you're doing this? Yeah, so me and Jay are both web developers. Oh, okay. So we both from home. That's nice. So that's what our, that's what our chat was this morning. We were trying to decide a few things, but the internet was so bad that we decided we'll uh, well we were going to try and do the meeting on Monday. But Jay said, "Oh, I've got to go to Carnival." I'm like, "Oh well." Oh, he's got to go yeah. to Carnival. <laughs> Poor guy. I go, he goes, "I go." What about Tuesday? He goes, "Oh, well, that's also Carnival." I'm like, "All right, well, we can do Wednesday." <laughs> <laughs> Well, like if that's a perk working for yourself, you can kind of say, oh, I don't want to have that meeting today. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so what if, if you had to look back, are there any house-sitting stays that really stand out in your mind as, as one of your favorites? I probably have two. We um, did a month in Rome, which was amazing because I always wanted to go there. And we went there in peak summer. So it was, it was probably 35 or higher every day. <laughs> And we'd probably go out and do one activity every sec- every second day maybe because it was just so hot. And it was so lovely because we'd head out early, we'd go to the Coliseum, walk around it, do the whole walk, and we'd be home by 12 o'clock when it's really getting hot. And that's probably what I love the most is you see p- other people who are traveling and they've just got to pack that into their whole day. It always makes traveling hard work, but it's nice for us because we can come home, relax, do a bit of work, and then make a plan to go out another day. So we like that kind of that kind of style of traveling, which was great to do in Rome. And then we also did a month in Montenegro, which we had we didn't know anything about it before we went, and it was just an absolutely beautiful place and beautiful beaches, beautiful mountains. And we had a house that had a um, deck overlooking the uh, the bay. Wow! Yeah, we had uh, two nice cats there, two Instagram famous cats who <laughs> their favorite activity was actually watching YouTube. So they both had uh, their favorite YouTube channels. There's actually 12 hours of aquariums worth of uh, video time on it. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> Have you ever done an interview with um, a homeowner and 
the interview didn't work out? They they turned you down? Uh, it happens a lot. Like I'm seeing you on some platforms, you can actually see how many people have applied for it. And sometimes you'll see upwards of 20. So they've got a lot of people to, uh, to go through. And it happens a lot that people go with someone else. And sometimes they want a couple because there's more animals or sometimes they've got a small home. So they just want a single person or the animal's more used to a man or a woman. So you do chat with them and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Have most of your homestays been in uh, Europe and then also around the Caribbean and that and Australia, New Zealand? Or uh, do these services all also have uh, people in Asia or Africa or someplace like that? We've never done Africa. That would be a bit of a dream. I, I have seen some house sits advertised in um, South Africa, but Jay did um, one in Thailand last year. And so he had he had three cats there, and one had to go to the vet every single day. So that was a bit of a hard work. And then we and then he had another one in Malaysia. So he was in Kuala Lumpur, and that's where we met back up again because I had to come back to Australia, and then we you know re met up there. Right. I mean, do you have to cover all your? So I'm assuming you cover all your food expenses and everything else. Do people look in their cupboards before you show up and you know monitor what you've taken and what you haven't? I think. Or it all kind of depends on the homeowner. Sometimes they're like, "Go have what you like, take you know, eat what you like," and whatever we eat, we always replace. But uh, for example, uh, this house that I just um, started at when I arrived, the woman said, "I've got yogurt in there, I've got um, tomatoes, there's lettuce. Just eat the eat that perishable food because it's going to go to waste otherwise." Have you met a lot of the neighbors in places you've stayed in, and have they you've made friends with any of them, or or are any of them suspicious of you? Or why are you? Why are these strange people living in our neighbor's house? I think the weirdest thing is, is when they recognise the dog, and then they look at you and go, uh, uh, "What's happening there?" <laughs> or we in, in Dublin, um, the woman she let us use her car. So a few times, people would just be like, "Because ah! it was a little yellow mini," and people would look at it in the car and be like, "What? Who's driving that car?" <laughs> but yeah, we always always do meet the neighbours, and we do uh, also with the house, with the homeowners. We um, have become really good friends with a lot of them. There was one couple when we were in Greece, um, when they returned home, they insisted we stay because I think they returned home on a Saturday and they insisted we stay for Sunday because that was their traditional lunch. So they're having all their family come around and they, she had us in the uh, the kitchen all morning. She was showing us all her stuffed tomatoes. We learned how to make moussaka. Uh, how, we learned so many things. And then we sat down with the whole family downstairs in their little um, outdoor area and sat around drinking their and their local homemade uh, ouzo, and then they also had their homemade honey and olive oil, and so we've we've stayed really close friends with them, and they're coming over to Australia at the end of the year to see us. Oh, that's great! Where in Greece was that? Uh, that was in Porto Rafti, which is about an hour south of Athens. It was a really cute little town. Kind of felt like you're on a Greek island. But you still had, you know, access to Athens, which was great because we went and explored um, the city a couple of days while we were there. Are these house sitter services kind of like, uh, I don't know, other services like Uber or something where the people can rate you and you can build a rating like that? Yeah, that's, what, that's kind of what we build our whole reputation on is our ratings. So all the platforms, they can rate you and we can also rate the house sit because sometimes you'll see or someone might say, um, 
the house wasn't as clean as I expected it to be when I arrived or it was really far out of town. So that way you kind of can get a good idea of how the house sitters felt about the house sit. Um, and we're then, then they also rate us and we collect all of our uh, references because they've got a few on different um, websites and we'll put them all on our website. So if we do have a potential homeowner, we can kind of direct them there and they can read them all in one place. Now, give me your worst experience. You don't have to name names or anything, but give me your, did you have a nightmare experience ever? Haven't had any nightmare experiences. They've gone into some um, pretty dirty, because not all of our, a few of our um, international house sits, you kind of have a chat via Skype and that, because you're not in the country, but you've got there and it's just, it's not clean. You don't, and it's, it's not like that we're anally clean, but it's just, it's not comfortable to cook or, and so you kind of have to spend a few days cleaning and that kind of feels weird because you're like, Oh, do they want this done? But you, to be comfortable in that space, I have to make it clean. So that's probably the only issue we've had. We haven't, um, luckily we haven't, we've, we're in a Facebook group with other house sitters and I've heard of animals dying and homeowners need to come home early. So we, luckily we haven't experienced any of those things yet. So touch wood. <laughs> yeah, I was worried. I was going to ask you if you had to take any pets to the, the hospital or the veterinarian or anything or any sick pets or something no i've never had sick pets i, I thank god we haven't we did have we we got to one house sit and um, we put our bags down and um the cat vomited on um on jay's bag and the homeowner goes oh no, no no i'm so sorry she's cleaning up she goes he does this um every every second day he does this and I was like, I said to Jay, I was so lucky that happened while she was here because if the cat kept throwing up every second day, we would have been like, oh, do we take it to the vet? Or Yeah, so just those little things that people think are normal about their animals or their home. Like we had one house a few uh, months ago where the woman said, I know this is weird, but to use the kettle, you need to pull it in and out of the wall three times and then turn it on. <laughs> so there's just some people just have weird things like their houses. It's just nice to know those things ahead of time because otherwise you're ringing up you know, and you don't want to ring them up and say when they're on holiday saying, oh, excuse me, um, the kettle's <laughs> not working or what day does your recycling go out? So right. we try to cover all those bases before we get there. Well, I would th- I would hope that if, if your pet throws up every other day, maybe you put that in the uh, in the file so people read that. Yeah, but I think to some people that's just normal. Let's just and, and, then, and then they yeah and then I guess when the people were telling us about um, the Newfoundland's diet, she's like, oh, this sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? When you kind of tell someone else about it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you you have to make him an omelet every day or something, yeah, yeah, <laughs> omelet for him, omelet for me, <laughs> right, right. Um, so how lo- much longer do you think you'll you'll be doing this? I mean, is there a plan, or are you just is this kind of an endless kind of thing? You're going to continue as long as you can. I think as um as long as we're we're both comfortable doing it, and I think for the moment, I we, we, there's a few places we still want to explore, like Mexico, maybe do a little bit of the states. I know there's a few house sits down in South America that we'd kind of like to um, maybe start applying for. And like you said, I would be interested. I'd love to go to Africa, but there is and there's so many house sits in Australia. So and there's a lot of places we want to explore still. So I could see us doing it for a couple more years still. Oh, that's great. If yeah. are you mostly uh, warm weather people, or it sounds like you are that you, you tend to go to a lot of beaches and things like that. Did you ever house it in like a wintry place, like a ski resort or something like that? We've never done a ski resort resort, but I do love the winter. That's where me and Jay actually met. 
Um, we both used to do uh, ski seasons. And oh. we we met in Jindabyne. So a lot of people, this might blow their minds, but we have a lot of snow in Australia. We have about seven or eight ski resorts. No, come on. Yes. <laughs> Some were actually very close to being burnt during the fires and they were actually using the um, the snow guns. I don't know if you guys use snow guns in America sure. to make, make snow. Yeah, and they're using that because they can just spray water straight out of them. So they're using that to protect the ski resort. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like a fire system you've got up there mm. but me and jay both worked in a town called jindabyne which is at the base of the snowy mountains in australia so we have threadboat and perisher and so we did winters for a long time so we both love winter and but we're going i think we're going into well i've heard mexico is what 36 37 average during summer it's hot but, yeah yeah it's hot and, and humid, can you confirm that? Uh, depends on which side you're on. I mean, I'm the, the Caribbean side is going to be more humid than the Pacific side. But, I mean, Mexico's big. So, I yeah. mean, there's parts of it that are all the way southern Caribbean, you know, down, you know, bordering like Guatemala and places like that. That's going to get pretty, pretty humid. Whereas yeah. the West is more desert dry, but it's all going to be hot. It's all, it's all, it's all going to be hot. So I've gone, we've gone from, we had Australian summer last year and then we've had the European summer, then I've had Australian summer this year and then we're going into your, your uh, North American summer. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind a winter actually, now you say that. <laughs> but you can pack lighter though. Yes, yeah, it's much easier. <laughs> well, at the moment, we have weird weather in Melbourne. One day it'll be 38 and then we'll have 41 and then yesterday it was 13. So we have these huge up and down spikes of weather. They say in Melbourne, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Sure. But summer goes up and down. So I'm, at the moment, I've actually, in my bags, I've got my uh, big puffer jacket and then I've got shorts <laughs> and I've got bathers and I've got all the different things. But luckily, my family live close. So I can, I keep one of my um, clothes at my parents' house so I can kind of uh, give mum a call and be like, oh, I think I'm going to need some more of this. <laughs> Have you ever had an interview, uh, with, like a Skype interview before with a prospective homeowner and thought to yourself, nah, and you turned them down or like you had a, got a bad vibe or something? Uh, we always, when me and Jay have a chat with a homeowner, we always um, say, you know, you guys go away and you guys have a chat amongst yourselves and we'll, we'll go away and have a chat and then maybe meet up in a couple of days and we'll see how, how we want to go forward. Cause sometimes we'll have a chat, and sometimes, and it has happened before where the homeowner have said, uh, these dogs sometimes um, are not good with, around other people, and but we, they need to be walked. And that makes me a bit uncomfortable because the last thing I want to do is take a dog out for a walk and um, not be confident that it's going to be safe around other people. So I have, I think we have turned down one before because she did want the dog walked a lot and what she, and she wasn't, and she said it wasn't good around other people. And she said, oh, he's good with me, but not other people walking. And I said, that just doesn't sound like <laughs> yeah. a Do you say, wait a minute, I'm other people. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> want to be biting me or biting other people. You know, that's just, we just want to kind of eliminate those kind of problems straight away. So I think that was one of them where we both, I, I think, and we, and after the phone call, I said to Jay, I just don't think I'm comfortable. So we just let her know that. It wouldn't be for us. Have you had any crazy exotic pets? Like, this is my panther, or this is my exotic bird, or something? We haven't. The most exotic pet we've had is a turtle. It was a bit of a surprise because the, um, the homeowners were literally on their way out the door and they go, oh, 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 the turtle. Oh, we're looking after this turtle for a friend. Um, 
his food's over there. Um, we'll send you some, he goes, you just put it in some water and he'll eat it. And we're like, okay then. And I said, I go, well, how's he with the dog? Cause they had a, um, a big golden retriever and they go, Oh, he's pretty okay with the dog. And literally you'd let it out of its little cage and it would, it, it was actually fast. You'd turn, turn away for a second and the turtle would be gone. And the dog used to just not, the dog used to just follow it around, but not in an aggressive way or anything, but that's like, that was our most exotic pet. <laughs> no snakes. I would not. I would not even go for a house that has snakes. Oh, really? So you have a reptile? Because a lot of people have things like iguanas or, or you know, reptiles of some sort. But yeah, you, that's, that's not me. your thing. Not for me. You don't, well, <laughs> the thing is, being Australian, I've only actually ever seen three snakes in my life. Yeah, but in Australia, they're probably all poisonous. You do, they are, but you just don't see them around as much as people think you do. It's just, I think it's a surprise element. You never know when they're going to pop up. So if right. one was in my house, I think I would just feel a little bit on edge. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you said you're going to Mexico. That's your next assignment? What's after that? Or do you just take them one at a time? Well, that one's for four months. So well, That's we, a long one. Yeah, so that's a long, it's a, quite nice. We can kind of really settle in and get some work done. But um, I think we're going to do the four months there, maybe try and head to Mexico City, check that out for a little bit. And if we have time, get down to um, South America. Oh, that'd be great. In um, what's the capital of um, Colombia? Oh, oh, Bogota. I was just in Medellin uh, last month. Oh, really? And I've heard there's a lot of um, house hits in Medellin as well. Because I think there's a, we find that in places where there's a lot of expats, um, there's more house sitting jobs just because they they settle in for a while. They have animals, but then they get their you know two or three weeks home paid for, and that's where we find a lot more jobs. But I've heard there's a lot more there as well. Yeah, you you probably you might even do better in uh, Medellin just because it's so popular right now with uh, digital nomads like yourself and expats and everything else. It's really booming. And it was a cool city. You'd you probably like it. Yeah. yeah, it's up in the mountains. It's not too hot. You know, it's nice. Oh, I think that might be a good change after Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mexico is going to be hot. But you're going to be oh, near yeah. the beach? Yeah, we're, okay. we're on the beach. Well, that'll be nice. Yeah. That'll be nice. So have you ever had a medical emergency? Have you ever had to, in a, in a foreign country, have you ever had to go to the doctor yourself? Ah, uh, yes. I Well, I lived in Whistler for a couple of years. And I don't know if you can see, someone ran into me, got a big snowboard to the face. Oh, so, in BC. Yeah, I've got 20 stitches up there. Oh, wow. Uh, other than that, I haven't had any medical uh, situations. Jay had a big one. He got caught in a fire in Australia and had burns to 85% of his body. Oh, my got God. Air- yeah, got air- airlifted to the um, Royal Perth Hospital. Whole body of skin grafts, but I don't, I don't want to be an ad for it, but you know that bio oil? Have you seen bio oil before? No. It's, uh, it's made, made for scars and all different things. Um, and he used that every day, and you literally wouldn't even know that he was burnt. That's incredible. Yeah. Was he in a house? Is that what happened? No, he was working on a farm, and um, some they were like doing some cutting and burning off, and someone had already thrown the fuel on the fire. And he didn't know, and he put more fuel on, and then they lit it. So it just went up, and he was caught in it, yeah. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. Wow, wow. Well, thank God he's okay. Yeah, and he's all good today. He literally should be an ad for this. this (laughs) (laughs) And your forehead is healed nicely? 
Uh, not quite. Uh, when it happened, the, me- the the paramedic, well, the ski paramedic came up to me and said, oh, and I'm laying there on the ground and I look up at him and he had his ski goggles on and because I look up and I could see the reflection of my face, I could just see this gaping hole in his ski goggles and he goes, you're going to need plastic surgery. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was really scared enough about the stitches and then he's telling me plastic surgery. So, so you, were, ten years. you were wearing a helmet. I was wearing a helmet. You were. And yeah, it's come in between my goggles and the helmet. Oh, that's frightening. Yeah. The one place it could hit. I know. It hit, that's, uh, well, thank God you're all right now. I've got travel insurance. So yeah. You've got to have that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the other thing. I mean... Um, Travel insurance is always a debate on any kind of travel blog and, and show, but you recommend it. Do you get it everywhere you go, or does the website require you to have some? Uh, well, most of the platforms actually provide um, insurance for you, but not travel insurance. So wherever we go, we get travel insurance, and but we haven't used them yet. But there is, we've heard of one lately called Safety Wing, which lets you go just month by month, which works well for us because we never really know how long we're going to go for. And they cover you worldwide. And they also, and some of the problems is, um, I don't know if you know, but um, when you buy it outside of the country, it doesn't actually cover you. So they 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 allow you to be covered once you've per, once you've travelled out of the country, uh, your home country. Okay. Well, yeah. for people who want to do what you're doing and who who are thinking of doing this, what's the best advice you can give them? I think the best advice would be, and well, what I say is, it's like starting a new job when you don't have references. People don't really know whether to trust you or not. They're a hard worker. Do I want them in my house? So I think you've got to build up your references, and that can be quite hard to start with. And so what you want to look at is I find at um, holiday periods is really good, like Easter and Christmas, just because the demand is so high and the supply starts to diminish. So people people will take you on, and then you can start to build your references from there. So building your references is most important, and then look at holiday periods because that's where it's easier to get jobs. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad we could finally do this. Oh, no. This is good. It's been a long time coming. I know. Well, you've been moving around a lot. I've been moving around a lot. I had Skype yeah. issues. It's been, it's been awful. It it's been, been awful. It's been I'm glad you're as flexible as I was. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm going to message him again. Because like, I did have to move. And moving from a house sit to another house sit, it's, it's a huge big clean and all these things you've got to do. And I was like, I don't know if I can fit in a call. <laughs> well, when you leave a place, I mean, you mentioned the cleaning. I mean, that all has to come from you, right? And and it, mm-hmm. and that's on your expense, really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of like a bond clean. So you'd spend all, like a half. But when it's both of us, it's a half, like a half a day of fully cleaning. You know, top to bottom, everything. And when it's just me, sometimes it can take you know three quarters of a day. Unless I've kind of been organized and done parts beforehand, but sometimes I'll all kind of leave it all to the last day. <laughs> Have you ever gotten super attached to a pet and didn't want to leave? Oh, yeah. We had another puppy who was a Cocker Spaniel and didn't know anything about them, but they are the sweetest dogs and they're so cheeky and this dog is incredible. <laughs> I, didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't want to leave him. I felt like he was almost my dog by that point. Oh, do you ever get to go to, I mean, I know so many Aussies go to Bali and back and probably have homes there. Do you get to go to Bali and live if you want? I've only actually been to Bali once before. We went to the, um, a lot of Australians go to Kuta, which is kind of, I think it's kind of like your Tijuana. Yeah, I've been to Kuta. Yeah, a bit of a seedy kind of place. It's yeah. nice. 
But when we went out to the Gili Islands, that was beautiful. Yeah, I went there. I was in, I was in a tribal garden, Gili T. Oh, you, yeah. you went there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so incredible, isn't it? I love uh, what I love is, is there's not scooters everywhere. It's quiet, beautiful spots on the beach. That's and my pe- favorite. And people own homes there that you were staying in, or were you just uh, visiting? No, we were just visiting. I haven't okay. housed out there before. I'd love to. There yeah. is quite a few. Um, uh, Thailand. We're seeing lots in uh, like Bangkok. There's expats there, and I think up north in Chiang Mai, where Jay did his house sit. There's quite a few expats up there as well. So maybe looking to doing some more around that area. That sounds great. Well, I should. I always ask this question with um, to wrap up interviews and things. What have all this travel that you've done? What has it taught you about people and and other places? And what have you learned about the world and yourself doing this? I think I've learned that people really want to show you about their culture and just about their area. They, they're so proud of their, the places they live and their food culture and their families. You learn about family dynamics, like with the, the Greek family we stayed with. Just we had, I think they had about, they had great grandma there, great grandma, great grandma. Um, and then they had, they just had everyone there and I've just learned so much about the way people interact in different countries but then it all comes back to everyone it's not the world isn't as scary as you think it's going to be because everyone's like oh we go into this country and we're like no no no, it's fine and the people are lovely and all they want to do is welcome you into their home and that's probably what they love the most is learning about different cultures and people oh that's great yeah and by the way I know a few people here in uh in LA with dogs that would love to have you stay for a little while we would love to come over to the US. Play the one that in Canada. We'd love to go over to Canada as well. Yeah, it'd be cool. Bring your puffy jacket. Ooh, I don't know if I can do it anymore. <laughs> it was thirteen here that day, and I was cold. And my mum goes, "How did you live in Canada?" I'm like, "I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was young." Yeah, right. Uh, once again, give me your um, if you want people to follow you on uh, Instagram or whatever. Give all your social media handles and your website. So we're at the Traveling House that is on Instagram and I check out there because Jay mainly runs that and at the moment there is just so many pictures of cats on boats. So if you enjoy the Caribbean <laughs> catamarans and cats, that's where you want to head and check those out. And then also the and Carnival. So the next few days we're putting up pictures of the Carnival. And then you can find us on www.thetravelinghousesitters.com and on there we also have some resources. So if you do want to start house sitting, we've got a guide what about 10, 10 things you can do to really get jump-started house-sitting? And then we also um, kind of break down all the best uh, house-sitting sites to sign up to. So if you're heading to France, we've got our favorite one for France. If you're heading to Australia, if you're heading to – now we're going to know about a bit more about Mexico. And <laughs> just kind of where that we think you should start looking for those kind of jobs there. That's great. Well, Brittany, thanks so much for doing this. I'm glad we could finally uh, make it happen. Yes, thank you so much for having me. All right, stay uh, stay cool out down there. Oh, we will. Hopefully, it warms. Actually, no, it's going to warm up. Some, it's still summer. I can't be 13 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. You'd better be home soon.